Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast. This episode is presented by Mental Health America of Wisconsin. We're your co-hosts, Terry and Bridget. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore the different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We're not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of others who do as well. By sharing personal experiences, we can all learn from each other that while depression convinces us that we're utterly alone, that our best days are in the past, and that we won't experience joy or hope again, those thoughts are symptoms, not truths. Hearing others shamelessly discuss their mental health journeys provides information, connection, and hope, taking away some of depression's power. Hello, Terry. Hello, Bridget. So, I don't know about you, but my mental health tools are getting pretty worn out during this pandemic. I'm trying to make sure I sleep well enough and stay in contact with my support network, including you, to the extent possible these days. I'm making and keeping regular therapy and doctor's appointments, all those things, but I'm definitely worn down in a different way. I think even those of us who identify as introverts are struggling. I can't even imagine how challenging a time this must be for people who thrive in social settings. And thinking about that led us to search for some tips or tools that might be new to what we call our mental health toolkits. And we found just that in an article titled, Seven Ways to Stay Steady with Bipolar Disorder in 2021 at healthcentral.com which is a great online resource. The ideas may or may not be new to you, but we hope this discussion with the article's author, Jennifer Tessis, will nudge you to consider focusing on how you're doing, really doing, rather than just pushing through another day or week without making that assessment that could provide needed information for your mental health management. So here is Jennifer giving her voice to depression. Okay, Jennifer, so one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you while we address bipolar disorder, because of course it's related to depression and involves depression, I think everything in your article is applicable to somebody with depression, probably anxiety and a number of other mental health challenges. Basically, we just think it's good advice. So if you're willing to talk through your article, we'd love that. Absolutely. Okay, so the first thing you say is mind your signs, and we would probably call them warning signs. Exactly. So I think what's so important to keep in mind is that bipolar disorder can be triggered by various things. Just even to take a step back, in general, bipolar is a, is a serious mental condition, and it's just as the name says, it's polar opposites. So you have on one end of the spectrum, depression, and then on the other spectrum, you have mania, which is marked by sort of a euphoric feeling like you're invincible. You can take over the world. Um, You know, some of the hallmark signs of mania could include, you know, huge shopping sprees, Um, spending money that you wouldn't normally have or, you know, taking risks like quitting your job or just one day going on a road trip across the U.S. So 
the condition is is really these two major sides. And so really to get ahead of it, it's a great idea to be on top of your triggers. Triggers in this context are both factors that contribute to our mental unwellness, as well as warning signs that clue us into the fact that we're on the slide, which in the case of bipolar disorder could be up or down. In her article, which we'll link to, Jennifer writes, with mania or hypomania, we may feel more confident or impulsive or even angrier than usual. Signs of depression, as we know, include prolonged sadness, emotional numbness, and lack of motivation. Both can impact and be impacted by changes in our sleep patterns. So, for example, maybe you are having trouble sleeping at night, but then you have so much energy during the day, which is kind of counterintuitive. So this could be an indication that you're shifting into a manic episode. Jennifer says research shows that 69 to 99% of people with bipolar disorder report less need for sleep during a manic episode or having difficulties falling and or staying asleep. It's a, it's a huge number. And I think one of the things about mania is that people who are manic feel like they don't need as much sleep. So maybe they're going to bed really late and getting up super early. It's this feeling of boundless energy, which can also perpetuate the state in in and of itself. And on the other end of that spectrum. If you find you're suddenly needing more sleep than usual, or you're feeling really tired during the day, even though you got plenty of sleep the night before, that could be an indication of a depressive episode. And during this pandemic, there are people who have never before experienced a mental health challenge or who were maybe able to power through it before, but with less access to coping mechanisms, including the gym or socializing, they're now feeling burned out, run down, anxious, fearful, any number of experiences that may need to be addressed and controlled. Let's be honest. I mean, this hasn't been an easy year for anyone, I think. Many people are experiencing depression and having trouble getting out of bed, sleeping longer. You know, it can be debilitating. I have someone in my life who I'm very close with, who I've seen in a depressive state, and it can be scary. Mm -hmm. I've found them curled up in the fetal position in bed. They don't want to shower will go out to lunch and, you know, she'll put her head in her hands on the table, just wanting to sleep. And, you know, it can be really scary. For them too, I assure you. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing about sleep. It's not just an indicator of a potential problem. It's also a variable that we actually have some control over much of the time. Staying consistent when you have bipolar is really important because... Sticking to a routine, like maybe you're exercising every day. Well, maybe that's a little aspirational, but (laughs) whether it's the same time when you exercise or if you're going to bed the same time every night, it just sets you up for better management of the condition. 
Which brings us to our favorite part of Jennifer's article, the suggestion to keep written track of some of the key factors that affect and reflect our mental health, like maybe what time you've been going to bed, how long and how well you sleep, what your mood's been like, how much you've been drinking or using other recreational drugs, how social or connected you've been able or willing to be, or whether you've had the motivation to stay on top of your hygiene, household, or work responsibilities. Routinely charting what we decide are key factors that affect our own mental health might let us objectively notice a change way before we're conscious we may be heading somewhere we don't want to go. Keeping tabs on yourself by actually tracking your mood changes can help you get ahead of a bipolar swing because you're basically, you're noting how your moods are. So maybe it's just a journal and you write down each symptom that you want to track and give it a rating. So maybe it's just one to 10 with one being severely depressed, five being stable and 10 being severely manic or hypomanic. And really just check in with yourself every day But listen, if you've gone for several months without a mood swing and you feel stable, maybe it's enough to just track once a week. That can be done old school style with a pen and paper like Jennifer suggested in a journal or on your calendar. Or you can track symptoms with an app. In fact, we'll be linking to another of Jennifer's articles that lists some apps that she's learned of, which could save you some research time. The other thing that tracking symptoms can do is it can alert your doctor if there is an issue with your medication. Because sometimes with bipolar, you may need a tweak, and that tweak could just make all the difference. So if you have a record of your symptoms and how they've been, even over the course of a month, it can be really helpful for your doctor to know what's working and what's not. So let's take this idea out of the mental health arena for a second and just look at it as a general health maintenance tip. You go to a doctor, naturopath, chiropractor, whomever, because something's just not feeling or working right. Say you have headaches, a vision change, a backache, whatever. When asked how long you've been experiencing your symptoms, it'd be much more helpful to answer, they started last Thursday, than to say, I don't know, same with the shift in our mental states, right? Absolutely. And really, it's it's an easy thing that you can do. Maybe you, to get yourself in a routine of doing it, you, before bed every night, at the same time, you give yourself just five minutes. It can really go a long way towards helping you better manage the condition. Personally, I haven't had a serious depressive episode in a long time, knock on wood, but I'm doing a lot of things to avoid them, and I've learned a lot from our guests that has helped me. But I do notice dips some days, and I will put a number on my calendar, because I think if there's a series of lower numbers instead of the ones I'm used to or want, I need to be aware of that. And if there are just a couple of them, that's life. People have ups and downs. I get that. But if there's a whole bunch of low numbers in a row, Now I know I've got to pay attention. It's a good exercise. I mean, 
let's say you've been trying to lose weight and you can't figure out you're, you think you're eating well and exercising, but nothing's changing. Keeping a food journal could sure. also help you figure out it's, it's sort of, um, it's, it's almost like a map in a way to your condition. Great information for ourselves and any professionals, peers, or others on our support team should we need to include them in our care. Of course, if we don't keep routines to indicate what's normal for us, there's really no way to notice changes or slips. Because if anything is out of the ordinary, you have a barometer for your state of normalcy, Yeah, if you will. And let's be honest, it's easier to be honest about not having maintained your sleep, meals, or exercise schedules than it is to personally assess your mental health, especially when a symptom of depression is an inability to see yourself and your situation clearly or objectively. And having a record of that kind of information could also make it easier to support someone with a mental health challenge or to allow someone to support us. Noting a change in documented behaviors would likely be a safer and better received conversation starter than if you were to say something like, hey, you're being really impulsive or angry or withdrawn or any other symptom. That kind of comment can be really hard to hear without getting defensive. But imagine saying or hearing, hey, I just checked your sleep schedule for the past week and it's really changing. You okay? That'd be better received and it'd be harder to argue with. Listen, not everyone wants to own up to the way they're feeling. Sometimes putting it out there makes it real. So these are just small, measurable things that are easy for someone to keep track of. And they set you up for success because you're really knowing yourself and therefore you will know when there is some sort of fluctuation. Yeah, Terry, if it isn't easy these days, I'm not going to do it. So I go with the simple little frown face on the left margin of my daily calendar. And and like you, if I see a few of those frown faces uh, in a row, I kind of uh, roll up my sleeves and ask myself about my self-care and how I'm doing and how I'm sleeping, which brings me to my other great tool, which is the Fitbit, because um, I am an insomniac and it tracks um, when I fall asleep and how long I sleep and the quality of my sleep. So between those two, that's how I track myself. I think it's good information. I understand nobody wants another task to do. Exactly. It helps us monitor this and can keep us from sliding. I was delighted when I read it. I just thought, oh, I can totally do that. If I just put, I, I fortunately don't have bipolar disorder, so I just have to worry, just have to worry about my depression. And, you know, if I have a one to five or one to 10 scale, you know, I just have to make sure I'm not on the other side of five very often. So I think it could be very helpful. You know, it's just another again, doable, easy way to be self-reporting mm-hmm. so that we can, what, what did she say? It was such a great phrase uh, to, to set us up for success. Yes. 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 Love that. Thanks, Me Jennifer. Too. So some of the other tips in our article are checking in with family, 
paying attention to time changes, which can affect our circadian rhythms. Absolutely. And avoiding alcohol, which is so easy to forget, is actually a depressant. We'll link to Jennifer's Health Central articles, including the one that we just quoted from and the one that lists some of the apps that will help you track your mental health. I don't happen to have a Fitbit, so that might be where I would turn. That's because you gave me years. <laughs> oh, is that why I can't find it? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, thanks for telling me. I'll stop looking. Um, if you try any of the apps that are in her article or if you're using a different one to stay on top of your mental health systems, please go to our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, click on the red record widget in the upper left, and leave us an audio message so that we can learn from you and we can all learn from each other. And that reminds me, Terry, of on our Facebook page, you often ask people to sort of report how they're doing. And it's a, a series of, of different colored hearts. Mm-hmm. And I guess another easy way would be on your calendar, you know, to do a little red dot on a bad day and a green dot on a good day and a yellow dot or whatever you choose mm-hmm. for a, for a mm-hmm. mediocre day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to keep it simple. Yep. Easier we make it, the more likely we are to do it. Exactly. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.